You're listening to Come Follow Me Weekly, a weekly podcast with thoughts and insights for the Come Follow Me lessons of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm your host, Heather Weber. Thanks for being here with me this week. This week's lesson is entitled, I Will Prepare the Way Before You, and it covers 1 Nephi 16 through 22. Well, we've made it through the first month of the Book of Mormon. And I don't know about you, but I'm finding that these lessons are a little bit more challenging to get through than the New Testament lessons. And that really surprised me. I thought, oh, Book of Mormon, this is going to be easy. But this week, there were seven chapters to read, and they're not short chapters. And so much happens in each one of them. I, As I was reading it, I'm thinking, how in the world are we going to get through all of this in a week? And I'm telling this to myself as much as anyone else, but I hope that we don't become discouraged because there's a lot to get through. If we don't get through it all, that's okay. If we study one section or one chapter for the whole week, fine. I think that's great. You're still spending time in the scriptures. You're still making an effort. It's not that we have to get through all of the lesson. It's that we get something out of what we read and that we make this a habit in our lives. And I think that's the point of all of this. So don't be discouraged about long lessons and a lot of content. If you can't get through it all, just do what you can and get the most out of it that you can. So that's my Come Follow Me pep talk for the week, and I think it was for me as much as anyone else. The opening paragraph of the lesson says, As Lehi's family journeyed toward the promised land, the Lord made them this promise, I will prepare the way before you, if it so be that ye shall keep my commandments. Clearly that promise did not mean that the journey would be easy. Family members still disagreed, bows broke, and people struggled and died, and they still had to build a ship from raw materials. However, when the family faced adversity or seemingly impossible tasks, Nephi recognized that the Lord was never far away. He knew that God doth nourish the faithful and strengthen them and provide means whereby they can accomplish the thing which he has commanded them. If you ever wonder why bad things happen to good people like Nephi and his family, you may find insights in these chapters. But perhaps more important, you will see what good people do when bad things happen. I loved that whole paragraph. I thought this lesson was really great to study, and I love studying these scriptures through the lens of these lessons. I've read the Book of Mormon a couple dozen times probably, but I've never thought of some of these scriptures with these perspectives before, and it's been fun to study it this way. The first section of the lesson talks about how when we keep the commandments, God will help us face challenges. And these chapters are all about challenges. Nephi broke his bow, which was their means of getting food. Ishmael died. Nephi was asked to build a ship when that was something that he had no idea how to do. No big deal, right? (laughs) While they were on the ship, Nephi gets tied up and they almost all die. And then finally, they get to the promised land. And through all of this, their family was having a hard time getting along. No big surprise. I don't know many families that would not have challenges getting along with all that Lehi's family had been through. The lesson asks this question, how did Nephi's responses to these challenges differ from the responses of some of his family members, and what were the consequences of these responses? I love those questions, and that was a really interesting thing to think about. Nephi and the rest of his family were all going through the same things and having the same experiences out there in the wilderness, but look at their different attitudes about what was happening and their individual results because of it. I felt like Nephi was constantly looking for the Lord's tender mercies, while at times the rest of his family just didn't. Laman and Lemuel especially always seemed to be focused on what was going wrong in a given situation, whereas Nephi looked for the blessings and tried to stay humble so that he could be worthy of the help that his family needed. 
in chapter 16, it tells the story of when Nephi and his family had been traveling for several days and they were hungry and tired and Nephi and his brothers went out to find some food. Now they weren't just going to Chick-fil-A. They actually had to go out and kill something to be able to eat it. Well, in the process of that, Nephi's bow breaks. And because of that, they had to return to their families with no food because apparently Nephi's bow was the only one working at the time. Now, can you imagine this? I know when my family goes on a road trip, the most important thing we take with us is snacks. If people get hungry, you better watch out. (laughs) It's extremely hard to be happy when you're tired and hungry. So understandably, people were upset when they came back with no food. And it wasn't just that they had no snacks. This was their means of survival. And it was so bad at this point that even Lehi was complaining and feeling despondent. In verse 21, it says, Now it came to pass that I, Nephi, having been afflicted with my brethren because of the loss of my bow, and their bows having lost their springs, it began to be exceedingly difficult, yea, insomuch that we could obtain no food. So even Nephi is admitting here that this is a pretty bad situation. But what does he do? In verse 23, it says, And it came to pass that I, Nephi, did make out of wood a bow, and out of a straight stick an arrow. Wherefore, I did arm myself with a bow and an arrow, with a sling and with stones. And I said unto my father, Whither shall I go to obtain food? Nephi knew that the Lord would help them. He knew it. And how did he know that? It was because he'd been in hard situations before. And as he had shown faith and done what was asked of him in those situations, the Lord had helped him. So Nephi knew that this worked. And he knew that the Lord would help them again. And of course he did. Nephi was also tired and hungry, and I'm sure he was concerned for his own family. And it would have been so easy at that point to just give up, but he didn't. He just did what he needed to do, and it all worked out. And that's the thing with Nephi. As he continually put forth effort and had faith, the Lord did help him again and again. And those experiences helped to build Nephi's faith so that he could conquer the next challenge that he had to go through. And the very same process that worked for Nephi will also work for us. Sometimes I think the Lord expects us to take a step out into the dark, but when we do, he is always there to turn the light on. And when we try that and we see that it works, it helps us to move on with faith to whatever our next challenge might be. Another thing that I find interesting in this story is that we know while this group was on their journey, the Lord provided them with many miracles. It talks about how the women became stronger and that they could eat their meat without having to cook it. Well, if the Lord can do those things, don't you think that he could have made Nephi's bow unbreakable? Of course he could, but he didn't. He allowed them to struggle and he allowed them to figure it out. And it's a hard thing to understand sometimes the concept that the Lord allows us to struggle, not because he doesn't love us or because he doesn't care, but because he does. And it's those challenges that bring us closer to him if we let them. In chapter 17, verse 3, Nephi says, And thus we see that the commandments of God must be fulfilled. And if it so be that the children of men keep the commandments of God, he doth nourish them and strengthen them and provide means whereby they can accomplish the thing which he has commanded them. Therefore, he did provide means for us while we did sojourn in the wilderness. And it's like Nephi is saying, See, see what I told you? The Lord does provide a way for us to accomplish the things that he asks. And here's more proof of that. In chapter 17, we also read about how after they had been traveling for eight years, they finally got to the sea. And Nephi was asked to build a ship so that they could cross the sea to get to the promised land. And that's just a crazy thing for him to be asked to do. Nephi had never built a ship. He had no tools. In his current state, that was an impossible task. But what does Nephi say? In chapter 17, verse 9, he says, 
And I said, Lord, whither shall I go that I may find ore to molten, that I may make tools to construct the ship after the manner which thou hast shown unto me? When Nephi said back in chapter 3, I will go and do, those weren't just words to him. It was literally how he lived his life. And we see that over and over again, how the Lord blessed him and didn't leave him alone. And I may not have the faith of Nephi, but what I learned from his example in all of these situations is that I can, without a doubt, trust the Lord. And that if he asks me to do something, I can trust that he will also provide a way for me to get it done, even if it seems impossible at the time. And I love what the Lord tells Nephi in verse 13 of chapter 17. He says, And I will also be your light in the wilderness, and I will prepare the way before you, if it so be that ye shall keep my commandments. Wherefore, inasmuch as ye shall keep my commandments, ye shall be led towards the promised land, and ye shall know that it is by me that ye are led. Each one of us is on a journey through our own personal wilderness, trying to make our way to the promised land. And the same promise that applied to Nephi most definitely applies to us. So as we keep going in chapter 17, we come to one of my favorite verses in the Book of Mormon. And there's a lot of them, but I love this one. It's verse 21, where Nephi's brothers are complaining about Nephi trying to build a ship and complaining about the fact that they might have to help him. And they say, Behold, these many years we have suffered in the wilderness, which time we might have enjoyed our possessions and the land of our inheritance, yea, and we might have been happy. I love that scripture because that attitude is such an easy one to have in our lives. And that scripture reminds me not to have it. (laughs) It's easy sometimes, I think a little too easy, to get on the internet and we look at perfect little snapshots of other people's lives. And then we look around at our own life with our less than perfect house and our less than perfect clothes or hair or makeup or relationships or bodies, and the list goes on forever. There will always be something different than our current situation. But what if instead of lamenting the things that we don't have, we just focused on having joy in our lives the way they are today? There are tender mercies all around us all the time, every day, if we just choose to look for them. Each one of us gets up in the morning every day and we choose what we focus on. And I don't want to look back on my life in years to come and think, well, I might have been happy. I want to choose to be happy now. And each one of us has the ability to make that choice every day. President Nelson said, when the focus of our lives is on Jesus Christ and his gospel, we can feel joy regardless of what is happening or not happening in our lives. And I think that was the very thing that Laman and Lemuel were missing. The next section of the lesson talks about how the Lord guides us through small and simple means. And it talks about how the Lord gave Lehi the Leahona to help guide his family in the direction that they needed to go. And there are some scriptures that I love in Alma, where Alma is talking to his son Helaman, and he makes reference to the Leahona and how it worked for Lehi's family according to their faith. When Lehi's family were faithful, the Leahona worked, and when they were slothful, it did not. In Alma 37, verses 43 through 46, it says, And now, my son, I would that ye should understand that these things are not without a shadow. For as our fathers were slothful to give heed to this compass, now these things were temporal, they did not prosper, even so it is with things which are spiritual. For behold, it is as easy to give heed to the word of Christ, which will point you a straight course to eternal bliss, as it was for our fathers to give heed to this compass, which would point unto them a straight course to the promised land. And now I say, is there not a type in this thing? For just as surely as this director did bring our fathers by following its course to the promised land, shall the words of Christ, if we follow their course, carry us beyond this veil of sorrow into a far better land of promise. 
O my son, do not let us be slothful because of the easiness of the way. For so was it with our fathers, for so was it prepared for them, that if they would look, they might live, even so it is with us. The way is prepared, and if we will look, we may live forever. So what small and simple things do we have that help guide us to the promised land of eternal life, or that guide us to peace, or a happy family, or good relationships? Sometimes I think we let Satan get in our head and make us feel like things are just too hard, or they take too much time, or that we're too busy, or not smart enough, and that we just can't do it. And this is all false. It's just every bit of it is false. (laughs) And I'll give you an example of a small and simple thing that has made a huge difference for my family. A few months ago, my 14-year-old daughter was asked to give a talk about how reading the scriptures has blessed her life. And she mentioned that our family reads the Book of Mormon together every morning before school, and that she feels like that helps us be closer as a family, and that it helps her have a better day when we start our day together with the Book of Mormon. Well, after the meeting, a lady came up to me and my husband, and she said, Hey, I have kind of a weird question, but your daughter mentioned that you guys have family scripture study every morning. How do you guys do that? And I said, well, my kids catch the bus at 8 o'clock. We usually eat breakfast around 7.15. And when we're done with that, we pull out the scriptures and read for a few minutes or until my daughter starts complaining that she needs to go finish doing her hair. (laughs) And she just looked at me with kind of a blank expression. And she said, oh, I assumed you guys got your kids up early and you had this whole thing. And in my mind, I was like, uh... If my house was on fire, I don't think I could get up early. (laughs) So I was like, "Um, no, our scripture study is literally about five minutes, sometimes less. Rarely it's more. And it's really not that big of a deal. It's just something we do every day. Some days we have a great discussion and we really feel the spirit. Some days we're really just trying to get it over with. And it's a small thing. But I can tell you that it makes an enormous difference in our family. And I have three grown children who have left home. And I've heard each one of them say at different times, and a couple of them I've heard more than once, say how much of an impact reading the Book of Mormon together as a family has had on them growing up. And it's absolutely 100% worth the five minutes of effort that it takes every day. And the same can be said for all the little things that we're asked to do in our lives. I mean, how much time does it really take to say a prayer every morning, to thank our Heavenly Father for our blessings, and to ask Him for help throughout the day? I think if we feel like we don't have time for all of these small things, I think we're really kind of missing the point of what our lives are all about. This world is just so full of distractions and so many things to do. And I think it's just good for us to take a look at how we spend our time every once in a while. So Nephi and his family have a pretty harrowing journey across the sea, but eventually they make it to the promised land. And after they get there, Nephi makes plates of ore and he starts recording this record of his people. And in verse 6 and 7 of chapter 19, it says, Nevertheless, I do not write anything upon plates, save it be that I think it be sacred. And then in verse 7, he says, For the things which some men esteem to be of great worth, both to the body and soul, others set it not and trample under their feet. Yea, even the very God of Israel do men trample under their feet. I say trample under their feet, but I would speak in other words. They set him at naught and hearken not to the voice of his counsels. And Nephi's talking to his family and reading scriptures to them to try and help them. And some of the scriptures he reads are of the prophet Isaiah. Now we got through Revelation last year, so I know we can get through the Isaiah chapters. (laughs) There's a quote in the lesson from President Irene, and he says, I read Isaiah's words, assuming Nephi picked the parts of Isaiah that I, without worrying about the imagery, could take directly to my heart as if the Lord were speaking to me. So when I read these chapters this time, that's what I tried to do. I think for me, 
when I see an Isaiah chapter, I immediately think, oh, I'm not going to understand that. So this time I just tried to read it with no bias, just trying to find a message for me. And in chapter 20, I think the message is found in verse 22. This chapter is talking about all the things that the Lord has done to help his people and how some of them didn't really recognize or appreciate it. And in verse 22, it says, And notwithstanding, he hath done all this, and greater also, there is no peace, saith the Lord, unto the wicked. And if you look at Laman and Lemuel and those of their group that shared their attitudes, does it seem like they had much peace on their journey or in their lives in general? And then you look at Nephi, whose life was in danger more than once during these events, and he keeps talking about how much the Lord has blessed him and how grateful he is. In chapter 21, there are a couple of verses that show the love and concern that our Savior has for us. In verses 15 and 16, it says, But behold, Zion hath said, The Lord hath forsaken me, and my Lord hath forgotten me, but he will show that he hath not. For can a woman forget her sucking child, that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet I will not forget thee, O house of Israel. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. I love that thought, that a woman would forget her own child before the Savior would forget us. He did graven us upon the palms of his hands when he suffered the atonement and was crucified for our sins. And I wanted to leave this week with Nephi's thoughts in chapter 22. After he tries explaining to his family what he just read to them, in verses 30 and 31, he says, Wherefore, my brethren, I would that ye should consider that the things which have been written upon the plates of brass are true, and they testify that a man must be obedient to the commandments of God. Wherefore, ye need not suppose that I and my father are the only ones that have testified and also taught them. Wherefore, if ye shall be obedient to the commandments and endure to the end, ye shall be saved at the last day. And thus it is. Amen. And honestly, that is a main theme throughout the whole Book of Mormon. And we can see through all of these stories the truth of Nephi's statement that if we are obedient, we keep the commandments and endure to the end. That is the way that we find peace and happiness in this life. Thank you so much for joining me and listening to my thoughts about this week's lesson. I'm headed to Provo this weekend. Actually, it's for something fun this time. We're going to a basketball game and going to see my kids. We thought this would be a good time to go see them. I didn't realize I would have seen them already, but anyway, we should have fun. I hope you're all having a great day and that you have a great week. Don't forget that you can find me on Instagram at Come Follow Me Weekly.